There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. They also measured the noise level around the cow that he drunk straight from the udder from. In fact, this film was given its own animal protection organization seal of approval. Wow. Wow. He wanked off a horse. Okay. <laughs> I will admit he wanked off a horse. He definitely didn't actually swing a baby around a room, though. No. That's that, I'm, pretty that. sure that's, I'm pretty sure that's a dummy <laughs> that's or something. That's definitely yeah. fake. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever you are listening to the greatest podcast of all time. Welcome to GOATS. This is the show where we discuss, debate, and decide on the greatest of all time of absolutely everything. There is nothing that is off limits. We've got a very special episode for you today. It's our fifth episode. Happy anniversary. So today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing sort of a grab bag episode. It's a little bit like a pick and mix. It's a little selection box of treats for you. Rather than doing one big topic, we're going to take on a few little ones. So today we're going to be crowning three little goats, or as I like to call them, pygmy goats. Now, is that what a ba- is that a baby uh, goat? No, baby goat's called a kid. So we're just we're just we're picking some kids. Yeah, so baby goat's a kid. I didn't really like the phraseology around that. Are we rummaging through some kids to find yeah. the best one? This is why I chose pygmy goats. <laughs> They're just small goats. They're like. They're like, they're not deformed, are they? They're just normal, <laughs> but they're smaller. They're like naturally really small, hmm. like ponies for like a horse. Yeah, yeah, like ponies for a horse. It's like a Shetland pony, but it's a. Is it not? Wait, no, because a pony's just a baby horse, isn't no, it? No, no, a pony's a small horse. A pony's baby a horse thing, is a, a little. A, a baby horse is called a foal. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, pygmy goats. That's what we're crowning. Didn't want to steer away from kids. We're doing you're not pygmy allowed to goats. talk about kids. It's off limits. Do I, I don't really need to introduce you to at this point. I was going to say, as always, <laughs> I'm, I'm joined by my two friends, Seb and Vinny, but you've sort of introduced yourself with that nonsense. How have you both been? Yeah, I've been all right, really. Um, how have you been? Not too bad, not too bad. We uh, just come back from a little week away at Butlins. That was all right. Oh, yeah. How was the Jesus stuff? Yeah, it was. there wasn't much Jesus stuff, but there was a lot of um, Jesus followers there. They were all right. They sort of kept themselves to themselves. We were actually segregated into two different groups believe it or not oh i've seen that before yeah, yeah they love a bit of segregation <laughs> yeah they, if you were there for the christian stuff they, they were they asked you when you came in like you know are you here for spring harvest festival or not with a bit of a funny look and if you are you get a yellow band 
if if you're not, you get a red one. So I'm walking Did the around. The band with... have a Star of David on it as well. <laughs> I don't think so. But let me tell you, there was a lot more yellow bands and red bands. I was wearing mine with absolute pride. And um, every time I saw another red band, I gave a little nod. But I only saw a few of those. We were quite heavily outnumbered there. But no, no, it was good. Yeah, no, it was all right. It was a good little family trip away. Yeah, Butlins is actually pretty cool. There's quite a lot going on there. So yeah, check it out. I've just been listening to some music. I have been listening to this new artist, what I found, called Purple Glaze. Oh, yeah? No, I genuinely know. No, <laughs> Sounds so... like a cunt. <laughs> he is, notoriously. <laughs> uh, no, no. Didn't he that dude who did all those kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, the other one. <laughs> pygmy goats. Pygmy goats. Pygmy goats, yeah. That, that guy who touched pygmy goats. Yeah, no, obviously, Vinny, you, you, sent, us, you sent us a little message. All right, boys. They said, oh, I made an EP. Check it out, boys. Obviously, Vinny is clearly the most talented of all three of us because I've never made an EP. Um, and I was been giving, I listened to it twice. I really liked it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll put a link in the description. Yeah, it's uh, the Purple Monkey EP. Uh, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> buy it on SoundCloud for free. <laughs> <laughs> buy it for free. Yeah. Download it for free. Just give me money for free. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely really good. I particularly like Flamingo. I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. I like the one where you went a little bit heavy metal, a little bit of screamo. Sick and tired. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, one took yeah. me off guard. I was a bit tired and it hit me and I was like, oh, God. You're a bit sick and tired. I was actually, yeah. <laughs> I, felt, I felt that one really came from the heart. I think you've got a lot to be sick and tired of. <laughs> Mostly you. <laughs> Mostly me, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so today we're going to be crowning three pygmy goats. The three topics that we've got on offer in this little selection box of treats is... The Goat Ship movie, the Goat Playground rumour slash myth, and the Goat Nostalgic Banger. I'm very, very excited to get into these, guys. Um, I think it's going to be brilliant. I've got some great takes. I can't wait to hear what you've got as well. And we're going to do this, like I said, it's a little bit different to one almost. This is a bit of a special. We'll rattle through them a little bit quicker, but it's the same old stuff. It's it's what we love. So I'll leave it over to you guys. Who wants to go first? I'm going to be deciding the Goat Ship movie. So you two got a pitch to me. And... I'm quite a hard sell because I do like shit movies. I really like shit movies. So who wants to go first? Uh, I think I'll go first. Go for it. Yeah, Vinny, you go, you go. Uh, So yeah, I had a lot of fun researching goat shit movie. Uh, (laughs) And I think you're going to really appreciate my answer, Mikey. I hope so. I'm excited. Oh no, I've just realized you've got all these fucking little what's it called inside jokes between you two from when you was like 14 or whatever and i can't compete no i'll be impartial don't worry it's gonna be like some what's his name the fucking guy that was made on ms paint who did brown town oh jared wright big les show big les show. big les show something like that and then i'm gonna be not even able to compete no, don't don't discredit yourself, Seb. I'm sure you've got a you've got a great film. Don't worry, I'm gonna be impartial. To be fair, this movie uh me and Michael came into contact with not too long ago. It was it was two or three years ago. Um I, I you know, I'm just I'm just gonna get into it. Just <laughs> the excitement's uh it's, uh, it's too much. I'm worried now. So <laughs> as you fucking should be, mate. Uh so for goat shit movie, I have picked the one and only answer. And that is 2001's Freddy Got Fingered. 
Oh, yes. So, so obviously, you know this. this one. Yeah. So you obviously know this one, Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sebek, just to, just to kick things off. Have you seen this movie? I've never watched Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, mate. Have you, have you heard of it? I've never heard of it, no. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> Is it porn? It sounds like porn. It's not no. porn. No, but you need to listen to uh, to Vinny's breakdown and definitely go and watch it based on his descriptions because let me tell you this, it's a fantastic film. There is a big warning before watching it just because, I mean, I'm crowning this as the, the goat shit movie and yeah. <laughs> well, basically, um, so this is a Tom Green film. I don't know if you know Tom Green. He was kind of big in the like 90s, noughties. I think he had his own show on MTV back then. I know he's referenced an Eminem lyric on Slim Shady, Please Stand Up, whatever that song's called, about humping a, a dead moose because he... Uh, on his, I think on his TV show, he, he had sex with like a dead moose or something like that. What? But anyway, so this Tom Greenfeller, he is known for like being just really wacky, really out there, doing lots of just disgusting and weird things, lots of things in his mouth. And he's kind of the sort of comedian that you either really love or really, really detest. Yeah, it's sort of like shock, cringe, outrageous yeah. humor, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So... I still don't know where I stand on it. I think he is a horrendously and brilliant, uniquely unique man, but I don't ever want to see him. (laughs) I don't want to see him on anything. I don't want to see him on TV. I don't want to see him in my movies because he is fucking weird. Well, anyway, so Freddie Got Fingered, 2001. Tom Green stars in a film as a childish 28-year-old slacker who wishes to become a professional cartoonist whilst dealing with his abusive father's behavior. That is basically the synopsis, but that does not do it justice because the film, basically, it starts off with that plot and like 10 minutes into the film, the plot just completely derails and he he stops wanting to be a professional cartoonist, like literally 10, 15 minutes into the film and he just moves in back with his parents and then the rest of the film just happens and it's there's like nothing to it. There's just no plot. There's like vague semblances of maybe a sort of a plot that kind of happened throughout. Like he meets this disabled girl that he hits it off with like at a hospital. And there's this really weird scene where he goes back to her house and she's like telling him to like smack her disabled legs with a broomstick. And she's like, she's getting off on it. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck is this? So, but... Yeah, so this film like really does not have a plot. And I still, to this day, I don't understand why this film was made. I almost think Tom Green was just given a big budget and he was just like, you know what, fuck the film industry. I'm just going to make a big pile of shit and <laughs> just force all these actors to like act in it and these people to like do editing and directing and whatnot in this film. The best way to like kind of describe this film is to basically just pick out the best scenes because there really just isn't yeah. a plot. Like it is just like scene to scene to scene of just like garbage, pure, unadulterated garbage. It's just like a compilation of random shock humor scenes when you really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty like it's just nothing. It's just nothing. But like the scenes themselves are so just memorable for how fucking weird they are. Quite literally, I think like five minutes into the film, he's, uh, this is when the dream is still alive about him being a professional cartoonist. He's driving to, I think it's California, you know, LA to like make it big. And on his way there, he stops by a, uh, it does like a 180 stop in his car by a uh, stud farm and jumps out of the car. 
<laughs> and like, runs up to this horse that's on the farm. And he just starts wanking the horse off. And he's what? screaming, look at me, daddy. I'm a farmer. Look at me, daddy. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is this? The scene literally has nothing to do with anything and is never mentioned again. It just like cuts to like the parents like talking about their son after that. And it's that's it. That's the scene. And he's li- I, I honestly, I didn't even want to look into it because I was a bit frightened of what I might find. But I... It looks like he actually is just jacking off a horse. That looks pretty He's realistic not. to me. No, it's not. The, the effects are oh my the effects Lord. are mediocre at best in the film. He's not actually wanking off a horse. It's I... just it's just like it looks like a big floppy swimming noodle. <laughs> yeah, that's what a horse's cock looks like. I've, well, I've I, just googled I it. That's a horse's cock. No, it's not. That is. He's wanking off a horse. It's a Hollywood There's... film. It's got that just guy watching, from I'm Men literally... in Black in it. He's not going to be associated with a film where someone actually wanks off a horse. I've just watched another gif of him milking a cow into his own mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one's on his TV show. And then I typed in Tom Green Moose, and he is just humping a dead moose. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's, like, penetrating it. Uh, I assume not if they actually filmed it, because I think he'd be done for something. Well, I I mean, I'm watching a video of him wanking off a horse, so... It's not a real horse. It is. I'm it isn't watching a it. Real horse. His the tail's flicking and shit. Yeah, I special effect. I've seen this film loads of times. There, that a is real a real horse. horse. That's a real horse. I bet you that's a real horse. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So okay, all right. There's another scene where Tom Green is just in the hospital and he delivers this like child from this random pregnant lady. <laughs> this is the best one. This is the and best one. He, of course, he, he he just bites into the umbilical cord so he can snap it in two. Obviously, he bites into it, obviously. <laughs> and then proceeds to swing the baby around the room by the umbilical cord, screaming, wakey, wakey, baby! <laughs> and there's just blood splurring all over like everyone in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> it's like two women in a hospital bed next to them, just like playing tambourines and singing, like chanting or something. And then like, no joke, it's the biggest, just weirdest juxtaposition I've ever seen in film ever. But like, it just goes from that, like him swinging around the, like a newborn baby. And it instantly just goes into this really like heartfelt scene with like really beautiful, like soft, like piano music. And like the mother's like, can I have my baby? And he, he like looks at it and it, it's all like beautiful. And he like slowly hands the mother the baby and she looks at it like, you know, like it's the most amazing thing she's ever seen. And then, yeah, that's the scene. what the fuck is this shit it sounds dreadful it is it's the worst (laughs) film i've ever seen also i just googled tom green horse real horse question mark right i'm reading an entertainment weekly article in which he was interviewed right question one did he really touch a horse's penis Answer. Although stud farmers normally wear gloves when working with an aroused stallion, Green literally took matters into his own bare hands. Green said, quote, I'm sure the horse quite enjoyed it thoroughly. A veterinarian was on set to ensure the animal's safety. No, they wouldn't put that in a Hollywood film, though. Be- oh, my God. It, it would just did. be to hype it up. No, it would just be to hype it up. Surely that this, would like, be this, reality This or interview came out years after the film. Oh, he went on a horse, oh, Michael. Dear. Well, they do that, don't they, at a stub farm? They actually, yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, in the, they need gloves, Yeah, right? I know. That's like for, like, you know, professional reasons. He's just doing it for a laugh. Also, they also measured the noise level around the cow that he drunk straight from the udder from. 
In fact, this film was given its own animal protection organization seal of approval. Wow. Wow. He wanked off a horse. Okay. <laughs> I will admit he wanked off a horse. He definitely didn't actually swing a baby around a room, though. No. That, I'm pretty that. sure that's, pretty sure that's a dummy <laughs> that's or something. That's definitely yeah. fake. God, there's another scene where his friend breaks his leg while skating on a half pipe and Tom's dad's yelling at him to call an ambulance and Tom's just licking the exposed bone clean. <laughs> it's just weird <laughs> shit like this after weird shit. There's this like recurring joke, which actually I found really funny. <laughs> really dark sense of humor. Of course. No, 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 no. So there's this recurring joke where there's this little boy in the movie and he keeps on just getting like horribly like injured and wounded. And like basically it culminates in him like running into a, a plane propeller while it's like moving and then just like blood gushing everywhere all over the audience and like his, his dad. So obviously the, the child's dead or whatever. But you can hear you can hear the kids say like, don't worry, dad, I'm, I'm all right. And I, <laughs> I, I will bet a lot of money on that being them adding that line post because they didn't want to have to deal with the controversy of having a kid literally die horrifically yeah. in their comedy film 100 percent. yeah i kind of want to watch it it's not like a shock it's, yeah it's not like a super gore film is it that it, it's supposed there's bits, there's bits of blood yeah but yeah. It's, it's not supposed to be for the like gory horror reasons it's supposed to be for the shock humor reasons isn't it it's, it's like it's, it's so oh, it's, it's exaggerated the the gore is so far exaggerated beyond that like, you can't even suspend your disbelief can you you know that he's not actually being pro- propelled up yeah but where's the line? Because he did Ugh. wank off a horse. Well, that is true. Yeah, that is not really shock humour. That's I'm, cock humour. I'm a little bit disappointed by that because that was that's actually not that funny, is it? Um, <laughs> I'm a bit annoyed by that because I, I do enjoy the film to some weird extent. It just it caught me so off guard when I watched it. I couldn't help but laugh. It was my only reaction. It's definitely one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's absolute trash. But I just couldn't help but laugh and find it funny because I didn't know what else to think. Yeah. So those are the, like the I guess the best scenes. And like I I don't even like I don't know if anyone should watch this film or anyone should not watch this film. It's such a unique film. It's almost I feel like you at least have to give it a try because like you will either absolutely hate it detest it with the, every fiber of your being or you will just weirdly just find it like the most incredible comedy you'll ever see in your life and there's just there's, there's like no in between yeah it's it's a very weird film i, I um, think it's got to be seen I, th- I think people should see it just to see like the extent of like the lengths he's willing to go to try and get a laugh and just remember when you see him wanking off a horse there was a veterinarian on set so that is that makes it okay <laughs> happy days everybody case closed it's fine Case closed. So, Vinny, is that is that everything you've got on... Hang on, I forgot Freddy Gets Fingered. Also, it's got basically nothing to do with Freddy Getting yeah, Fingered. Also, yeah, can we just rewind? Why is it called Freddy Gets Fingered? <laughs> <laughs> so... I can't believe I let that slide. <laughs> Jesus. So, okay. So, um, why it's called Freddy Gets Fingered. So, Freddy is... I don't even know the main character's name. I've just been calling him Tom Green. It's not Tom Green, but... It's literally just Tom Green. Like he's not playing a role. It's it's just Tom Green being Tom Green. So Freddie's not the kid, is it? He doesn't finger the kid. Freddie is Tom Green's um, brother in the film, um, and his brother's actually played by Shipwreck, whatever his name is from Jackass. Not Jackass. Sorry, uh, American Pie. Yeah, if you remember the guy that who, film, the guy who um, has sex with Stifler's mum 
It's him. Yes. Oh. Yes. Shipwreck. I don't know his actual name. I just remember his name as Shipwreck. Yeah, yeah. But um, so there is a sort of kind of a weird plot line where out of nowhere, I think Tom Green just calls up the cops and he's just like, oh, my dad, he fingered my brother, Freddy. And <laughs> the police just like come to the door and they're like, have you been sexually assaulted? So have you been fingered by your father? And, and he's like, no, I haven't. But then they're like, you got to come with me because they obviously don't believe him. They think he's like lying to protect his dad or something. And there's like, he gets sent to this like kids, almost like kids hospital, like a hospice for kids who've been uh, sexually assaulted. And he's just like this grown ass man. Like he's like a banker or something. He's got like an actual job, like, and he's just surrounded by all these kids. And (laughs) all they do is just watch like really gory horror films. (laughs) 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 This is why this film has to be seen because it can't really be explained properly. It's just, it's, yeah. It sounds obscene. It's like an LSD chip gone wrong. Yeah. Like the whole film is just fucked from start to finish. Um, Give it its credit. You can't take your eyes off it. You have to watch it. When you're watching it, you have to watch it. You're so, like, Jesus. in awe. You're like, what am I seeing? In fact, I found a, a funny a funny comment. Um, so Roger Ebert, who's, uh, I don't know if you guys know him, he was... I don't, I don't think he's alive anymore, but he was like a really, really well-known uh, like movie critic, movie... Um... He's like the movie critic. He's like... Yeah. He's the go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he said on this film, he said, this movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite That's funny. Savage. Uh, yeah. And uh, apparently, like, later on, he looked at it and he was like, you know what? I actually still weirdly remember this film, even though it's probably the worst film I've ever seen. So you've got to give it that at least. Yeah. It's an experience. So, so you're sort of citing your claim as Freddy Got Fingered as the GOAT terrible film by saying that one of the most respected film critics of all time also agreed that it was the worst film of all time. Well, I think every movie critic would, I think most movie critics would say it's probably the worst film of all time, or at least it's got to be up there. Um, I just thought it was a funny quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you'd have to be really reaching to, to find any sort of artistic interpretation into Freddy Got Fingered. I, it's, I genuinely don't think there is one. I almost think it is like, really artsy in a way that it's just like it's so fucking like it's just the biggest like middle finger to like everyone watching the film everyone who made the film anyone to, to do to do with the film it's like it's like the biggest fuck you ever and i i can't help but kind of appreciate yeah. that like it's it's so weird that i kind of i kind of love it it's got a weird like special place i'm definitely gonna watch it definitely watch thing. it i'm definitely gonna watch i it. wouldn't interpret it like that i would interpret it like tom green just went lol wank off a horse that's that was just as far as he went with it it was no more than that probably that was all probably i don't know if tom green's actually a smart man no i think he's just <laughs> i think he's just some he's just willing to wank off a horse <laughs> yeah yeah wow got a movie deal that was fantastic Vinny. yeah seb i i, I want to hear yours i've got a big act to follow and I'm, I'm like it's just not even in the same ballpark um <laughs> it's a different ballpark but i just feel like such a nerd okay like i feel like i've taken this so like i don't know i i still back it as the shittest movie of all time or like the goat shit movie but it's it's not got anyone wanking on the horse <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. Well, that's the whole point of film is, is to juxtapose, isn't it? So let's have it. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, thank you for that. Um, that's really boosted my confidence. Again, like I found this a lot harder than I thought. Like I like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I love a shit movie. Like it's so good, it's so bad. No, so bad, it's good kind of thing. And I just was racking my brain, so I just couldn't think of any. Like my first port of call was, did either of you watch Kangaroo Jack? <laughs> I I never watched it, but I did remember it as a I kid. I do remember it, but yeah. I'm not sure I've seen it. I watched it when I was really young at my friend Sam's house. And it's basically, it's of that like kind of American pie ilk. You know, those like very 2000s, early 2000s films where like, it's just a very specific type of humor. Well, like a and, dude gets kicked in the nuts and that's the joke. Yes, exactly. And like the big kind of plot device, I guess you could say, is that these guys hit a kangaroo in their car. They think it's dead. So they put a hoodie and glasses on it to pose for a picture. And then the kangaroo wakes up because it's not actually dead. And then it runs away with the hoodie, which has a load of money in it. that They got to deliver to a guy who's like a kind of, he's just a baddie. You don't really know what he's doing. And then they're just trying to find the kangaroo. Um, And then I I was like, that's not going to cut it. And then I remember this other classic shitter that I watched probably the same weekend. It was with the same guy. Um, And it was called Without a Paddle, which had Seth Green and Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the live action Scooby-Doo. Do you know him? Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's cool. And it's basically him and then those two and this other guy. And there's like, there was like originally four of them. And now there's three of them because one of their mates died. And like when they were kids, their mate was like obsessed with this plane crash that happened in like, I want to say like the Rocky Mountains or something. And then they, after the funeral, they like go up to their old childhood, like, treehouse and then they find all these maps that he drew and they're like we'll to like honor his memory we'll go and do it and find it and it's just like much of a muchness same humor as kangaroo jack and all those other ones there's a bit where they like they're like lost in the woods and then these like sexy women are up a tree and they're like super hot and then they get up the tree and they're like gonna bang them but then they realize that the women have hairy legs so they run away (laughs) that would not fly now that would not fly now and then my, I was like, then I was like, I've got it. It's Tropic Thunder. And then I realized that's not a bad film. That's just a great film about some guys doing a bad film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tropic Thunder is one of my favorite comedies. Yeah. I was like, that's an incredible film. I, I can't say that. And then it hit me that the answer was obvious. So I'm just going to make a few statements and see if you can guess what film it is, right? Okay. This is our new feature game. Guess the film. Go. Guess the film with Seb and Michael and Vinny. My first sort of note on it was, could never live up to the hype. Star Wars 7. Oh, my second note is, worse than the sum of its parts. So it's got big actors in it, but it's bad. Ooh. Mm. Vinny, you were really close. Star Wars 8? <laughs> no. Have you got a third clue? My third clue is, too much intergalactic geopolitics. Oh, Star Wars 1. Yeah. Phantom <laughs> Menace. Phantom yeah. Menace. Of course it's the Phantom Menace. I was like, it is just the worst film ever. And like, just to, you know, clarify, I like it. Like, I have a nostalgic, happy memory of it. And when I watched it last night, I was like, ah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> But it's objectively terrible. Yeah. Obviously, it came out in 1999. Liam Neeson, who was already a big actor. Ewan McGregor, straight off the back of Train Spotting, mm. like massive actor. Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley, they're all in it. 
And like, obviously, this is a grab bag, so I'm not going to like go into too much detail. But the abridged version is like, obviously, it came off the back of the original Star Wars trilogy. It had a massive hype to live up to. It was like 16 years after the end of the original trilogy. And like George Lucas is this, he's just a huge nerd. And he's like, do you know what I think people liked in the Star Wars films? And what I'm going to do this time is less action and more trade agreements, politics, and, like, mildly racist characters. That's what the people were screaming for. They were crying out for for years. That's exactly what they wanted. And, like, my favourite quote, so I was researching this last night, I watched the film and fell asleep during it last night. So that's 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 where we're at. And I like Star Wars. I have a Star Wars tattoo, and I fell asleep yeah. during Star Wars. My favourite quote when I was researching is this, that George Lucas waited until he felt, quote, CGI had come far enough so that he could make the film. And he was like, I think 1999, that's the time. Um, he, still, he still used to pop it for Yoda in the first one. I know, he? it's bizarre. Like the CGI, and obviously like the thing at the time... That, that statement, sorry Seb, is if he had waited that far for CGI to come, you know, if he'd waited that long for CGI to come that far, but he didn't back that up by taking advantage of it by having huge CGI action scenes every five seconds. He just had a bunch of fishmen in a room talking about trade agreements exactly that's what's hilarious that's about mental it. the gungan the gungan, the gungan. Yeah. yeah so so like obviously at the time that cgi was like groundbreaking but the other thing it did was like it wasn't groundbreaking enough and it really pulled away from the look of the first three films which are all done on like practical effects now i'm not like one of these like anti-cgi people like cgi is amazing and like some of the films that a lot of people quote as being like all practical actually have some really clever uses of cgi mm. it's just this wasn't one of them um <laughs> i think the best is 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 when you use both live like animatronics puppets live stuff and then also a bit of cg to kind of like patch fill it yeah fill in the gaps yeah 100 mm. percent. like an iconic one is um mad max fury road which was like all the cars and everything are see uh practical but like you can't practically make an enormous to tornado well exactly yeah but you can't yeah, do that yeah. so like it's like a clever use of it obviously this is the abridged version i could go on about this for a while but i'm just going to rattle through obviously the low points of the film huge plot holes just like huge things just glossed over out of nowhere like it'll be like darth maul's looking for them and then suddenly he's just popped up in the background and he's like running like there's like no cohesion between scenes they just like it's just one scene to the next with like no linking whatsoever really confusing politics like really confusing like way too deep and it's like flying over your head and you're like i don't i why do I care and what do I need to care about? <laughs> What's complicated about the trade agreements with the Trade Federation? You know, like it's, it's, it's all there in the film, you know, tax this, fucking sanctions that. <laughs> That's what people came to see with Star Wars. Fuck all the lightsabers and force bullshit. Um, space tax. Space tax. That's what people want is space tax. <laughs> And, like, the whole bit is, like, yeah, the Trade Federation, which is just, it's the lamest name for the baddies I've ever heard. And then, like, the film, I watched it last night, it's two hours. It feels so much longer. It's exhausting. And then, like, the real cherry on the cake that a lot of people talk about, and I'm not going to go into it too much because, like, I feel like it's a bit like, what's that sound like, whipping a dead horse? But there's just so many racial stereotypes. It's It's unbelievable. Like, the glaring ones are, like, the Neo-Midians, who are like the people who are in the Trade Federation, like the aliens who run the Trade Federation. That's the thing. The Trade Federation is not just like the name of their race. Like 
it's just the name of like an actual trade federation. Yeah, it's the actual organization, isn't it? Yeah. Like how dull is that? Very boring. That's like saying, oh, the name of our villains is going to be the European Union. <laughs> yeah. It's really boring. But yeah, so the aliens who are in the Trade Federation are just like sneaky Chinese bureaucrats with really bad Asian accents. They are. I, you've just brought back America. For a second, there, I was like, I couldn't quite picture what they looked like. And then it came to me and I was like, oh my God, yes. The race Chinese accents it's as the well. the accents. They're like, I'm not going to do the accents. I nearly did. And then I caught myself. Um, <laughs> but then the even more iffy, the iconically iffy, is Watto, the Toydarian human trafficker, who looks like if someone drew wings on a Nazi drawing of a Jew. Is he supposed to be Jewish? Yeah, he's got a big nose and he wears a Jew hat. And this is an exact quote, and, I, and I'm going to preface this by saying, A, I can say Jew hat, and B, I can do this accent, because me and my dad recently took a DNA test, and it turns out I'm an eighth Jewish. So I can do this voice. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and there's a point where... Qui-Gon Jinn's trying to do a Jedi mind trick on him, and he says this. Mind tricks won't work on me. Only money. That's poor. <laughs> That's, That's that? how he sounds. He does not sound like poor. It turns out oh. my, my my Jewish heritage doesn't translate into being able to do the accent. Do you know what? Do you know what? If Borat was in Star Wars, it would elevate that film to the it stratosphere. Would. He does... Yeah, I know what you mean. He does have like a Middle Eastern He has a Middle that, Eastern accent. That fella, and he's yeah. like He's literally like someone drew... You know Fagin from Oliver Twist, who's like a takes children? Mm. He's Fagin with wings. Yeah, alien Fagin with wings. I, I would agree with that. It's Definitely. obscene. Yeah. He's a literally a human trafficker. Yeah. But, obviously, we're going for the best shit film. So, there are good points to this shit film. Obviously, Ray Park... The stunt guy did Darth Maul, like iconic, incredible performance, like amazing lightsaber fights. And like they cast him because he could already do sword work. Like yeah. he was a stunt actor and they were like, he should be fucking Well, he doesn't, need, he doesn't exactly need to have any charisma or speech or anything, does he? He's got to look a bit scary and do a few backflips. So it's just makeup. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest is his. They, they, he had three lines and they dubbed over them with someone else's voice. <laughs> oh, oh <yeah>. um, <laughs> I didn't even know he spoke. <laughs> he says three things and I can't remember what they are. Um, and then obviously there's also some great, like Liam Neeson, obviously a bit iffy now, but he he was an amazing actor and probably he still is an amazing actor as Qui-Gon Jinn. Ewan McGregor, mm. amazing actor. And him and Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, they have some great like banter and like, you know, you're right about one thing, master. The trade negotiations were short, like all that shit. It's great. <laughs> um, and then of course, I love that. the best that's bit. My, that's my best, that's my favorite bit. <laughs> That's the best line. <laughs> oh, there's that other line where they're like uh, under the sea and they're about to get like eaten by a big fish, and then a bigger fish uh, eats that fish, <laughs> and he's like, "There's always a bigger fish." <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was just the worst film of all time. Like, ah, this is a great moment. Yeah. It? Hang on, wait, 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 wait. And then I'm gonna play you a clip of why this is the best film of all. T- the best worst. Sorry, I nearly said the best film. Hold myself. The best worst film. Of all time. I'm just going to play the clip and you will agree. Cheers. Oh my fucking God. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, was that, I don't know what was. Was that not Lord of the Rings? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's good music. Yeah, it is good. That was Jewel of the Fates by John Williams, and I would say probably one of the best scores in cinema history. I could literally hear Darth Maul's lightsaber, like yeah, me too. That end fight scene, I could hear it. In my yeah, fuck. No, that was iconic. Yeah. Fun fact, actually, the lyrics on that are based on an old Welsh poem. To top all this off, why I think it's the worst good, the best worst film is like universally hated. Has some good bits, and I do think it's worse than the sum of its parts. Like, there's individually some great pieces that come together to make something dreadful, but it grossed almost a billion dollars. Holy moly. Like, despite being that bad, it's a billion dollar film, like, including sales over the last, like, however many years, since 23 years since it came out, it's made a billion dollars. Well, it's one of those, isn't it? When it came out, you had to go and see it because Star Wars was huge and it hadn't been out for ages. So you were like, oh, we've got to go and see the, you know, the new, the revival of the series. And the post-release sales are probably because you can't buy the five film box set that doesn't include that one. <laughs> They've tried. The Star Wars fans have tried to buy the five <laughs> box set. It does not exist, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. So that's why that's got sales there as well. So And also I've heard that like a lot of Star Wars fans, when they first watched it, they were kind of in denial that it was so bad. They just kind of were like No, it was really good and they they were like, uh, you know, they were you know, whatever, like what What was your favourite bit? Uh, The the fight scene at the end. Uh, the fight scene at the end, obviously. Yeah, the fight scene at the end, which is the only good bit. And the pod racing. I have to say the pod racing is I've I've I completely forgot about the pod racing. racing. The pod racing holds up. Like I watched that and like that that, there is some genuine like sound effects are great. Yeah, Sebulba's one sounds like an alien spacecraft, as it should do. And then I realised that Anakin's one just sounds like a race car. What's it called? It just goes past and it's like, meow. But yeah, that, that's that's my pick for the greatest shit film of all time. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap them up. So Star Wars Episode One, I have seen this film quite a few times as well. And it is definitely a shit movie because I can sum it up in about three sentences. The only bits I remember are there's a green fish man, an annoying tall man with floppy ears. I forgot about the pod race a bit, but I've remembered now. And then they fight that guy, the red guy with the horns. That's the whole movie. Everything in between, no idea. Which does mean that it is shit good. That should be the synopsis on IMDb. But, and I, I assume that you knew this was coming, Freddy Got Fingered is... A whole nother level of turd. It is the worst <laughs> possible thing you can ever see. It is. It, I, I can't put it into words. It's. It's just simply the greatest shit film of all time. It's absolutely horrendous. So well done, Tom Green. You finally got an award for your piece of shit film. Well, you got a Razzie for other film as well. I'm not surprised. Well done. Do you know what? I felt like I nailed my own coffin when I googled and found out that he did actually wank off that horse. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I shot myself yeah. in the foot. I didn't even know that. Episode one, the Phantom Menace. That is a that's a great shot. I wouldn't have actually thought of that, but that is that's got to be in like the top ten worst films of all time, especially for the the hype, like the bar it had to hit and where it fell. Because I haven't ever met a Star Wars fan who thinks that's a good film, and that is a bad thing. The thing is, out of if you completely remove it, in a, if you just had it in a vacuum, just it's not related to Star Wars at all. Like just change the names, change just everything about it, so it wasn't Star Wars at all. It would be a kind of 
maybe remembered some people remember it kind of had some good moments a bit shit but overall a decent sci-fi flick i reckon it would be remembered a lot better if it wasn't star wars especially star wars after 30 years yeah that might be true but it does have star wars in the title so they fucked it they fucked it Uh, could i could i sorry could i propose uh another film that i heard about recently yeah go on chip it in absolutely it's gonna come third but go on so shout outs to my boy james rolfe from Cinemasca, otherwise known as AVGN. He recently made a video talking about what he thinks is the worst film of all time, and it was this 1967 art house film called Wavelength. And it's quite literally 45 minutes of a camera really slowly zooming into a wall whilst like sharp staticky noises in the background get louder and louder until they're just like unbearably loud, and then the film ends. That's the whole film. And he was made to watch that. That's a tough wank, isn't it? Oh, God. I mean, Jesus. Uh, Seb, we've had lots of debates about this. I've got some very strong opinions on what you can and can't wank to. No. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some strong chats, Michael. (laughs) Arguments. Our friendship was in the fucking rubble at points. (laughs) No, no. Let's bring it back. What is... Can, what can actually be considered art and what is just shite. That film definitely just goes in the shite for the sake of it and let's call it art and make up a meaning category for me. I'm sorry if you're offended, if you're an artsy person and that for you is art and all the other stuff that I don't consider art is actually art, but fuck you, that is nonsense. That sounds dreadful. I would hate to watch that get in the bin. Well, speaking of things that people have said have been art um there's all sorts of like rumors about like oh this guy at the tate tried to buy a piece of time for 500 million dollars or something like that and those rumors are kind of playground rumors which oh i see what you did there (laughs) sam you dirty dog that was a brilliant segue (laughs) clean clean swish um (laughs) Yeah, so obviously our next topic is Playground Rumours. And obviously, Vinny, you went first over the last, when me and you went together just a second ago. So Michael, in you come, rapid fire. We've got to crack through this. We've got goats to be crowned. What is the greatest Playground Rumour of all time? Right, I'm going to hit you with one, two mini suggestions before, but they're good. So yeah, I was, I was really, I was actually really struggling with this one. This was really difficult for me to think of one to come up with. So I was talking with my partner about it and I was like, did you ever hear any playground rumors, stuff like that? You know, I gave her a few examples of just random ones I could think of. And the, do you know what the first thing she said was? All the PE teachers are lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, you're right. Were they lesbians at your school? Because they were all lesbians at my school, you know, yeah, there was supposedly. A there was a, yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I bet at everybody's school, all the PE teachers were lesbians. And she, my partner was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all lesbians together as well. That was the other thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That makes I, sense. Don't, I don't know where it came from. But I mean, Vinny, we went to the same school. That's definitely true for our school. Yep. So I'm assuming that was true for your school. Yeah, there was a rumor that one of the PE teachers was a lesbian. Yeah. I think she was a lesbian, actually. She seemed very happy. Good on her. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that rumor was definitely If they about... were lesbians, absolutely fine, obviously. But the thing is, is most of they them weren't. were married. <laughs> You know, and stuff like that. They obviously weren't. It was just a and ridiculous... And to each other. Yeah, exactly. It was just a ridiculous playground rumour myth. They weren't having gay orgies on the Ashton <laughs> <after> school. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and the other, well, talking about teacher orgies, the other one I was going to segue into, which is basically the same, but there was always rumours about teachers having relationships with each other constantly. Mm. I can remember at least three or four from our school. Well, Vinny, you also went to my school for a bit. Yes. And one of them rumours turned out to be true, didn't it? Wow. What the f- fucked all this. <laughs> no not that one although that was true too unfortunately yeah no no true. no oh my we'll, we'll, ble- we'll, we'll bleep the names but miss and miss oh my god yes oh my fucking god i saw them me and a couple of my friends in fact my housemate yeah we um years ago yeah just after school like we we like went into some field randomly like in credit and uh, we were, like, smoking, like, spliffs, and we saw both of them, like, coming towards us, and they were holding hands, and I was like, oh, we are like, oh, my God, that, it's actually true. And, you know, she, she, wants, she just had, like, a couple words with us, whatever, like, because my mum's a teacher there. But, yeah, yeah, completely forgot about that. Wow. Mad. So that wasn't a rumour at your school? Because I, I'm pretty true, yeah. sure it was a rumour at ours, like, you know, oh, on the German trip, so-and-so and so-and-so got together, or, you know oh, did you hear that, you know, so-and-so's left his wife for this teacher, and it was just constant. It's like a bloody soap opera. I mean, there have been plenty of soap operas made about it. I know that, so... So, yeah, they were the only two I could really think of until I got really thinking, and I was looking at some movie stuff as well, some horror movie stuff, and then all of a sudden I just had a flashback and remembered something and it's it's sort of an urban legend but i heard it on the playground it was definitely going around the playgrounds at the time and there were loads of things like this and this is going to get a bit spooky because <laughs> it is spooky sev this playground rumor is the bloody mary playground rumor cue the chilling music is that the, the playground rumor <laughs> this is the one where um where you like if you're really hung over you have a bloody mary and it sorts you right out no the bloody mary rumor is you go into a dark room, candlelit room, usually a bathroom, just because they have mirrors in them. <laughs> but you go into a dark candlelit bathroom, you close the door, it's late at night, midnight usually, and you look into the mirror and you say, Bloody Mary, three times. Sometimes it's 13, depends on sort of what school you went to, what, you know, where you were at. But then, bah! She appears, the bloody face <laughs> in the mirror. And she gets you. She kills you or gouges your eyes out or does some spooky stuff to you. Rah! And that's it. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, I picked this one because I listened to this and I was terrified of this as a young adolescent. Same. Um, Same. And it, I think it stemmed from, I, Vinny, when we were growing up like that, we had a bit of an obsession with jump scares. Do you remember? We went through this weird, like, six-month stage of constantly trying to scare each other. And I think it stemmed from when my mum put on the family computer, and I would have been, like, really young. She was like, oh, come and have a look at this video. So I was like, oh, no worries, mum. I trust you. You're my parent. I'll, f- you know, follow you mom. willingly, you know. That's my psyche. <laughs> and um, she's like, look at this video. And I, I it's like a, a Windows media player play button i press play and it's jingle bells you know just playing and like the little waveforms on there and it plays the whole thing and then it's like now listen to jingle bells backwards and listen for the secret message i press it and it starts playing back but it's really quiet and my mum's like oh you know get really close to the to the screen so you can hear it so i'm literally my face is touching the screen halfway through the sound clip <laughs> big scary exorcist face and a huge loud scream comes out i jumped about 15 feet back i probably hit the wall of the room that i was sitting in i was so scared and i couldn't sleep forever that was it as a kid i was done i was scared witless 
And Vinny, the evil bastard that he is, was constantly trying to get me to rewatch it. He was constantly trying to trick me, like, oh, I found this video. Look at this cat. And I'm like, I ain't watching that because some demon's going to jump out. He was constantly trying to get me to jump with it. There's also Scary Maze. There's a fucking Scary Maze as well. And I was terrified of all yeah. this stuff. And the Bloody Mary thing as well. You deny it, but I know it happened because I'm still traumatized by it, Vinny. You're an evil, evil, twisted <laughs> human being. It's, it's late and he'll try to shove me into your bathroom <laughs> screaming at me do the bloody mary thing do the bloody mary thing slamming the door trying to get me in there and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) trying to get out so that's why i picked bloody mary because it was just so personal to me i felt like it's it's a real rumor that really affected people it wasn't just like a hear it and laugh it off I, i bet i'm not the only one i imagine loads of kids were terrified of this it was one of those where when you're so young and sort of susceptible to this stuff you're trying to walk up the stairs in the dark thinking oh shit is there a mirror anywhere near me is bloody mary gonna get me you know it gets you right on edge so that's why i picked that is it not basically just the same as beetlejuice yeah yeah yes but it's the scary beetlejuice Ooh, bloody mary's gonna get you right well that is that's classic playground yeah, room that's material. to scare your kids in it that is that's um, absolutely classic spooky time that's spooky time Vinny, what what are you coming at us with Okay, so uh, I've got a few, mostly video game ones, but like, I mean, you guys remember this. I'm sure, Michael, you remember this. Uh, mashing the A button in Pokemon when you throw the Pokeball uh, and it increases the catch rates yeah, it does. if you mash the A button. Also on the DS, Pokemon games, because the DS had a microphone. If you threw the Pokeball and said gotcha at the right time, it would increase the catch That's rate true. as well. All of that complete bollocks. <laughs> That's true. I was embarrassed on the bus a few times by just screaming, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I remember both of us just like chilling, just like saying gotcha. <laughs> you know, like the safari park, whatever. Um, another one I remember a big one was like you can unlock Sonic in Smash Bros. Melee. That was pretty huge. I believed that for a long time. So anyway, I decided on picking what I think was the goat, the real goat, childhood, whatever fuck, playground rumor. <laughs> sorry i'll just read my notes i wrote these i wrote this when i was baked so they don't really make sense but i'll, I'll see if i can <laughs> make sense of them everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> so my rumor was that Marilyn Manson removed his own ribcage so that he could perform self-fellatio. Classic. Classic. I'm interested, because is this actually a rumour? I've not ever heard it be debunked or verified, so educate me. Well, I did some research, and most of the things that came up were basically just people asking in interviews, did you in fact remove your ribcage so you could suck your penis? I mean, other than the fact that I'm pretty sure if you removed your ribcage, you'd maybe die? Like, wouldn't all your organs sort of just flop out and... It wouldn't go well. I feel like you need your rib cage, you know, it feels important. My version of the rumour would have been like the bottom two ribs or something. Okay, see that? Yeah, mine was just one rib. Not all the ribs. So, yeah, I've got a few quotes. Hang on, what's he said here? So he said, after being asked about the rumour, he said, if I really got my ribs removed, I would have been sucking my own dick on the Wonder Years instead of chasing Winnie Cooper. I don't know what those mean. Plus, who really has the time to be killing puppies when you could be sucking your own dick? I think I've got to call the surgeon in the morning. Again, I don't know what the puppies is about, but Marilyn Manson was an edgy, an edgy bloke. Yeah. And <laughs> I actually was shocked because like, the first thing I clicked on when typing Marilyn Manson ribcage was... I didn't know it was at the time. It was a clickhole uh, article, but it just read, clarifying the rumors, Marilyn Manson has removed, <laughs> Marilyn Manson has revealed that he's actually got all his ribs removed in order to suck someone else's penis. <laughs> For like a second, I was like, no way. <laughs> Until I read like what the site was. Yeah, clickhole. Oh, God. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, most of this research was basically like, I suddenly like unearthed this like horrible tunnel of like, well, it turns out Marilyn Manson is literally like one of the most horrible people ever. And he like rapes loads of women and beat loads of women. And he had, my notes just say in all caps, the man had a rape room. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny, but Jesus. I know, the man had a fucking rape room. He like... He was uh, apparently boasting to a young teenage uh, Phoebe Bridges, who's a musician, uh, that he had like a rape room. Weird thing to boast, but I don't know. So yeah, I hope he's in prison or something, because he sounds like a horrible, horrible man. No, he's not. If not, then he should be. But anyway, yeah, so I, I, I did some more digging in the whole thing of like, do you really need to remove your ribs to suck yourself off? And no, I can safely say, for all of you listeners out there... <laughs> From personal experience. (laughs) You just need to do a lot of stretching. And I found a really interesting and really useful infographic. Oh my god. Are we gonna put that are we gonna put that in the link below? (laughs) Link below. Check it up yourself if you dare. Um and it has like a nice little timeline of like, you know, the first week, you know, you shouldn't be really you know, if you're hitting the tip then you're doing great, but like don't feel ashamed if you can't hit the tip. And there were lots of like pictures of like poses and like different ways to like do it. No. 
I don't want to go any further down this sucking your own dick rabbit hole. What? Well, speaking also, sorry, this is just a personal thing that don't know how that sounds. Oh, here we go. It's Seb's Willy story time. Do the jingle. Willy time. Seb's Willy time's late. Right. Speaking of weird rabbit holes. This just reminded me of something that happened today because I was thinking, what weird rabbit hole of the internet did you go down, Vinny, to find that? A guide on self-relatio. And then I remembered that today at work, I have um, WhatsApp web. So like I have WhatsApp on my computer and I get a um, a message from Michael when it says, and this is exactly what it says. <laughs> I know. What um, it says. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it says, Seb, go on r slash blueberry right now. <laughs> Go. I got the same fucking message. <laughs> and I went on it, and it was awful. It was weird, and it was awful. I was transfixed by it. I was literally browsing for a good 20 minutes, just like, what the fuck is this? I don't know how he found it. How did you find that, you fucking weirdo? It's only got like 6,000 members, you freak. Uh, I, found, uh, I found it completely legitimately. I was just on Reddit. No. It was on. Um, it was a question on Ask Reddit. It was, what subreddits do you wish you never found? And there were obviously all the like death ones, blah, blah. But someone with no added comments just put r slash blueberry, and there were no comments underneath it saying what it was. I was like, what the hell is that? So I, I, I normally would, I would, I didn't click on any of them because I don't want to see any of that, you know, gore and all that other stuff. I'm like scared of all that stuff. So, but I was like, Blueberry, this can't be bad. And it wasn't, it was hilarious. Well, I'm not even going to describe what it is. You guys can go on your own, make your own adventure with that one. But... Not safe for work. It is not safe for it's work. It's definitely Just... not safe for work. But it's no gore and it's, but it's not, it's not like that bad. bad. It is quite funny. So I need to come to a conclusion on what I think the greatest playground rumour is of all time. It's a toughie, it really is. Because those, like, it's difficult because the Bloody Mary thing, I think, is so, it represents, like, so many of that same kind of rumour. Mm. Like, it, whether it was a different name or a different thing you did, like, whether you said it in the mirror or you said it in your bedroom with the lights out or whether, like, someone would appear or something would happen. And, like, the Beetlejuice thing and, like, all of that shit. I remember it so vividly. But also do remember going on a walk with my friend and him telling me, oh, yeah, by the way, um, there's this guy called Marilyn Manson and he took out his bottom rib so he can suck his own cock. And I was probably about six. Jeez. <laughs> That is not what you want to hear at age. <laughs> Wait, how old was he? About six. Blimey. Fuck me, they start young, Christ. They do, yeah, no, I know. But, but aside from my own personal experience, I just think that Marilyn Manson sucking his own cock, it's not just like, it's not just a rumour in most schools, and it's not just a rumour in like most schools in the UK, it's a rumour in like every school ever. Like I think if you went to a little fucking kid in Japan. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, I like where this is going. Oh, Sam. If you went to a little, if you, if you went to, not a little kid, if you went to like a teenager in Japan and said, what do you know about Marilyn Manson? It'd be, he took out his bottom rib to suck his cock. And if you went to a teenage, I've got to stop saying little kid. If you went to a teenager in Australia, they'd say the same thing. Yeah. And I just think for that reason, Marilyn Manson doing some form of something to his ribs whether it be take them all out or just take the bottom ones out or whatever to suck his own cock 
has to be the greatest playground room of all time. It just has to be. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because I agree. Marilyn Manson, I can't name a single Marilyn Manson song. No. But I can verify that he took his ribs out to suck his own dick. That's all I know. I knew that he'd done that before I knew who he was. Same. I still don't really know who he is. Neither. I know literally nothing about him, only the dick stuff. So Only the dick stuff. And that is the ultimate rumour, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Happy days. Thank you very much, Seb, for awarding me my second Pygmy Goat Awards of the evening. Unfortunately, I can't get another one. Fuck. Make it a hat trick. You can't make it a hat trick. Unfortunately, I can't make it a hat trick, as I have to be the judge of the next Pygmy Goat. Our last and final Pygmy Goat of the evening, Nostalgia Banger. As the only member of this podcast who has an EP, Purple Monkey, it's in uh, stores now, please buy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I am the best person to judge anything musical. And so I've come to you two, my two good friends, and I've asked you both, what do you think is the greatest nostalgic banger of all time? Who's going first? I'm going to go first. I'm just going straight in with it. Go for it. So, obviously, we received some feedback from your friends that you liked. They didn't, they liked the podcast, but they liked hearing less about Seb's sexual experiences. As a child. As a child. And unfortunately, we they didn't, didn't like Willie Time with Seb. They didn't like Willie Time with Seb. Cue the jingle. Willie Oh, yeah. Vinny, you're a musician. You can make a jingle. fuck's sake. For Willie Time with Seb. No, we don't need to do that. But obviously, we didn't receive that feedback until after I'd written my notes. And also, we, we like Willie Time with Seb. It's our favourite feature, so we're exactly. not getting rid of it. A lot of people like Willie Time with Seb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nobody said they haven't, so... <laughs> exactly, so we're keeping Take it. Take it as a thumbs up. Exactly. So, obviously, this is a lot harder than I expected. Obviously, the concept of nostalgia is quite like personal, and I couldn't think. I was just like, you know when like, you're like, oh, that's such an obvious one. Like I'm just going to go on my fucking apple music and just pick one and it's going to be like oh, iconic whatever and then i was like this is really difficult so i started my research where anyone would um and i listened to a video i watched a video on youtube called 200 songs that 2000s kids grew up with did it play all 200 songs yes wow through not through uh, the, first gonna say. the first 10 seconds god i don't have that much time um, so I, yeah. I listened through the, the each 10 seconds and I just waited and this is no joke with my eyes closed until one hit me any kind of emotional pang you know what I mean mm. like one where you're like fuck yeah that's the thing and it turned out there was quite a few so I did a kind of short list and we're going to work our way down to the one that I think is the greatest nostalgic banger of all time are you okay. ready I'm so ready. it's just going to be a quick sentence feel free to chip in with questions but you know I'm going to rattle through it because obviously grab bag and all that so the first one, Green Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Classic. was my favourite song on the first CD I was ever given. My mum burned it onto a disc and drew the cover art on it and gave it to me for my birthday. That's great. Illegal. Lady Gaga Poker Face. It was the first song I had Bluetooth to my Sony Ericsson Walkman W810i that my dad gave me. Great phone. Had an SD card reader, so you could wow. put a whole SD card in it for your tunes. That was the first one I got. And I remember playing it for my stepsister, Nancy, and she, like, approved. She was like, yeah, that is a cool yeah. song. Nancy was a year above me. I very much looked at her for, like, what was cool. Next one, Owl City, Fireflies. Just a banging tune. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a banging mm-hmm. tune. Yeah. Next one, Lady Gaga and Beyonce's Telephone. I watched this music video over and over again when my parents weren't in the house, again, aged about 12, until one time I came my pants and I freaked myself <laughs> out and I never watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Like that hit me right in the chest as soon as it came on. Um, yeah, okay. And the last one that's not the one I actually chose was Pitbull and Cash's Timber. Um, oh, and I, you might even remember this one, Michael. That was, I that actually, was like 2012 though, wasn't it? It's 2014. Um, I had my first oh. kiss on New Year's Eve to this song. Everyone was watching. Um, Michael was there, I believe. And afterwards, one of my friends came up to me and said, you don't normally kiss with your eyes open. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. Ooh, the idea, I, I actually couldn't remember until you said the eyes open bit. Now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cringe. Oh, good. But I didn't choose any of them. Whether any of them will stay in the show, who knows. I chose the only real choice there is. I, and I'm not actually going to... Um, going to tell you what it is i'm just going to play you the opening bars if this doesn't give you a nostalgic feeling i don't know what will oh, oh yes you're going to change your answer Michael. No. oh can you feel it i can feel it i hope and i'm not feeling the same thing you're feeling based on your past descriptions though jesus <laughs> panic attack came in my pants <laughs> That's every night. <laughs> this is this. Oh, yeah. That mm. even sounds like I remember it. Yeah. I got off for like a, an old shitty Nokia. And like playing off the phone is like the full nostalgic effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back of the bus. Back of the bus. Bluetooth it to your mate. Bluetooth it to your mate. If you had that song, you were the coolest kid. If you could deal that song to your mates, that was the shit. If you could rap that song. Oh, my better. good Lord. Like, there was no higher accolade at school. Um, of course, if you don't know what that is, I, mean, I don't know how, but that was Lose Yourself by Eminem. It came out with the 2002 film Eight Mile, which was a semi-autobiographical film starring Eminem. Um, and that song won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, making it the first hip-hop song ever to win an oscar i remember you telling me that michael yeah. i think it's still the only hip-hop song yeah. ever to win an oscar potentially i might be wrong but i believe that's the case and like i have had more intense teenage workouts and like mm. weird fantasy daydreams about going in the next day and like punching the kid who is bullying me in science mm. And whilst listening to that Shooting song, up the school. Shooting up the school. You know, the lyrics are great. The film is great. At least it was the last time I watched it. It's great. I do remember there was a bit on that where Eminem spat on his hand and then rubbed on his cock when he was about to have sex with someone. I remember finding that a bit intense. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that at all. I, yeah, of the entire film. Trust you to remember that bit. That's not the <laughs> bit I remember in the slightest. I don't want to get a reputation, but that is the bit I remember. <laughs> you really have a reputation, unfortunately. But yeah, the film's great. And I just think it's like the ultimate Eminem song of that era when it was like, yeah, he can be Slim Shady and say all this like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. But then he can be like emotional and do something with Elton John. And it was like, oh, wow. Like he says how I feel and he has all these like emotions and like, wow, like what an artist. Like I remember thinking like this guy, like he started off as just a rapper and no one took him seriously. But now he's making stuff like this and like the whole world's listening. Mm. And like I feel like just having those feelings is very nostalgic. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's why I think it's I think it's the goat nostalgic banger. I just think it is. 
that's that's yeah that's a great shout actually and i love that song i don't think i think i've ever met anybody who doesn't love that song even people who don't care for rap at all like eminem don't they and that is probably peak eminem yeah and it's like it's a meme like the whole like mum's spaghetti thing he's got a restaurant now called mum's spaghetti where he sells spaghetti i didn't know that yeah that's true wow how do I follow that up? Yeah, well, unlike you said, my choice was incredibly easy. It complete opposite to yours. I knew it instantly. This was, this was a dead set. It better not be fucking Cascada or some shit like that. No, no, no. no. This is... Uh, if, oh, is it one of the best songs of all time? I mean, you're saying it is, by no, definition. I'm, I'm not going to say it's one of the best songs of all time, but it's definitely one of the best... It's definitely the best nostalgic banger of all time. That's, you know, that's the category that we're going for, isn't it? They're slightly different, I would say. And this song has a very personal place in my heart. It's a tragedy as well related to this song which i will go into um emotional time with, with michael yeah so we're doing we're doing a lot of new emotional features time. Today. but the song is year 3000 by busted <laughs> i fucking hate that song as a kid you picked the wrong song buddy <laughs> Vinny, may Vinny, may i remind you of your contractual obligation to be objective in these circumstances i'm subjective as fuck boy i didn't sign <laughs> shit <laughs> but year 3000 by busted came out in January 2003, when I was seven, it only went to number two. It was beaten by a song that I'd never heard of called Stop Living the Lie by Fame Academy winner David Snedden. Never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of that name. song. I listened to it. It's shite. I, I don't understand how Year 3000 didn't get number one over that. It's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And David Snedden, who is he? Uh, busted global superstars household name, especially for 2000 kids. I bet, Seb, in that compilation you listened to, there were at least five busted songs out of 200. There was one or two. Yeah, exactly. Sure. There was definitely exactly. one or two. So, busted for me, I was obsessed with busted. They were like, I was like a teenage girl. I was like a One Directioner, but for busted. I literally thought that i was the fourth member of busted i was completely obsessed they were the best thing to ever happen to me at that age it was the greatest i saw them live at powderham castle my first ever live show it was the most insane experience ever i got signed merchandise everything i had t-shirts and posters on the wall and i'm not i'm not ashamed to admit i was pure fangirl over it i was it, they were the greatest thing ever. i remember ripping you for them for liking them i still like them there. now i mean that song i don't listen to very much anymore but i think they're still a great Great early sort of Britpop band. I think they're fantastic. Like honestly, the music still holds up now. It's there's some great songs in their catalogue. But why did I pick this one in particular? I think it, it's an absolute banger. When it comes on in the club, I think people remember it and they want to get down to it. What club are you going? Sick to? clubs that play Busted. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's. I've been uh, back at uni. They used to do uh, the SU. They used to do every week a um, 2000s. Like it was called the Noughties. Yeah, thing, and they they would play. 300 by busted every, every yeah, time you know yeah 3000 yeah and who knows yeah, <laughs> who knows <laughs> in, the, in the in the year 3000 we might all be living underwater like the gungans they might we yeah just exactly so and, it might and, be true and your great 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 granddaughter yeah she's she's pretty fine a thousand she's years in the fine. future only great 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 but you know <laughs> we'll get to that well modern modern science modern medicine i think like very true fucked us over we'll be living for like hundreds of years very true does that mean you're a pedo if you fancy someone who's like minus age? Uh, That's a great philosophical question we've been asking for, for centuries. Didn't Confucius like prop that question like back in like 
<laughs> Let me just. Okay, I've got Plato on the phone. Hello, Socrates. <laughs> like once pondered that question. That was his greatest like failure as a philosopher. <laughs> I could never come up with an answer to that. That and is sucking your own dick. Yay! Oh, we are not getting into that. Um... <laughs> I did not expect my year 3000 pitch to go down this route. <laughs> now, I'm going to bring it back in, right? Year 3000 for me has got so much personal nostalgia. It literally changed my life. Okay, I want to take you back to a time. Imagine like a eight, nine-year-old Michael. He's young. He's full of life. He's got a whole world ahead of him you can't wait to explore. He's, the, he's a little cheeky devil. He's so much confidence. And what does he love? He loves to dance and boogie. <laughs> hey, single ladies. Oh. <laughs> See, this is a tragedy. I can't believe you're laughing at this. So imagine, imagine him in your head, okay? He's on holiday with his family. You know the sort of place. Sid and Lizzie in the evenings. Competitions. The entertainment girls are up the top. And boys. And we're all having a great time. Kids, it's competition time. Hop down to the dance floor. We're having a dance off. God, I remember this. I am buzzing. I am up for it. I'm like, Mum, Dad, see you in 10. Let's go. I'm straight on the dance floor. I'm busting out my made-up break dancing moves. Everything. I'm going all out. How it works is they're going to gradually kick kids off the dance floor until there's only two. Then the last two come up on stage. And the winner, and this is quite a big prize, wins a free holiday back to the park. I'm thinking, all right, mum and dad, I'm going to make you proud. Here we go. I'm up on stage. I've made it to the last two. I'm getting my dance moves out. I'm literally like, yeah, like I said, eight, nine sort of age. Second place. I've lost out to a girl a few years older than me. She's at least 11. I'm heartbroken, but a lifeline is thrown. The entertainment people bring us back down. They say, Come back again in the morning and we'll have another competition. This time, it's a singing and dancing competition. Whoa! This is exactly what I want to hear. Straight down there, nine o'clock in the morning. Hello, let's have the rules. They explain that we can pick any song we like. We can get up on stage and sing and dance our hearts out. And the judges are going to award us with another free holiday. I know exactly what I'm picking. It's year 3000 by Busted. I am the fourth member. I will channel this and I will win this holiday. We've got all week to prepare. We got it on in the car. I'm singing my heart out. I'm practicing. I get my dance music out in the caravan. I don't care about the holiday anymore. I'm winning this bad boy. It's Friday night. Tonight's the night. It's the X Factor, Sid and Lizzie, Butlin's final, whatever you want to call it. I'm ready. I've been practicing for this. The other kids come up on stage. Nah, they're, they're trash. They're awful. It's my time to shine. I absolutely smash it. My mum and dad film the whole thing. It's one of the greatest live performances that will never be seen. I'm singing so much and dancing so hard. I have to stop halfway through to take a few big breaths <sighs> to just get back into it again. Back on the underwater, back on the great, great, great granddaughter. You know what I'm saying? I come off stage feeling like I've got it in the bag. This is done. And then it happens. The same girl from the Monday night comes up on stage and she smashes it. I can't even remember what song it was, but she absolutely obliterates me and she wins another free holiday. Second again. No, I didn't fucked. even get I didn't that's even get bullshit. the sympathy though of the fact that oh we can't give her two, we might as well give this lad one. No. The brutal heartbreak got two. of crashing down twice to the same person stuck with me forever. Now when you see me at the club, you're gonna have to get at least ten drinks down me before I'm up there boogieing. And that's the story. 
That's well, the tragedy of year 3000 that, for me. That was heartbreaking. That was really yeah. sad. You've, you've made me like genuinely depressed. Like, And that was a really sad yeah, story. I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> I was devastated by that night. And I still, still brings me back heartbreak now. But that's my pitch. That's my story. It's a personal song for me. And it's an absolute banger. We do, Vinny, you, you, you joke, but you like this song, really. Okay, Seb, you like it. It's a brilliant song. It's great. Okay, Busted, they're up there with their best. They're back together. They, they did a, a new album a few years ago. It was pretty good. It was much like their old stuff. So Yeah, so you left me with a difficult... <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, sh- sh- pretend for, for, sorry, sorry, for Michael's... Yeah, yeah. Set. Michael's... <laughs> Guys! <laughs> No, no, I think it is a tough decision. No, yeah, well, the thing is, the thing is, because I know how much you love Busted and how much you love Busted's 3000. Like, I know firsthand how much you used to rave on about them. Greatest band of all uh, time. When we used to grow up. I know for certain that you think it's the greatest nostalgia banger of all time. I, they're the greatest band of all time. I know that you think that's the case, <laughs> without a shadow <laughs> yeah. of a doubt. And... I have been guilty of going to these uh, noughties nights at the SU and then playing 3000. And even though I used to really hate it as a kid because it was very overplayed, I drunkenly would sing along to it, sing my heart out to it with the rest of everyone because, you know what, it does hold a special place in my heart as well. Because, you know, it was played to shit around 2004, 2005, I want to say. 2003, 2004, yeah. 2003, yeah. But... Lose yourself by Eminem. I mean, come on. I, I mean, come on. Like, you can't contest with that. That's just like, that is Eminem. And Eminem is basically, well, a good part of my childhood. And I think a good part of a lot of our childhoods. You know, we, we grew up in that exact time frame when he was fucking just on top of the world. You know, Slim Shady LP and Marshmallows LP and then obviously 8 Mile come out. Yeah, it's just like... That man was just unreal. I mean, it's, it's sad that he's, you know, he's a shit 40-year-old rapper still trying to rap. I think he's like I 50, think he's 50 now as well. Yeah. Yeah, like he, Are you not a fan of his current work? Not at all. He should hang up his gloves. He should have hung, hung up his gloves two albums ago, I think. Fair play. Fair play. I think he's mediocre at best at this point, uh, personally. But he did write one of the greatest rap songs of all time. And for me, probably is... Not the greatest <gasps> nostalgia banger. No way. Yes. Fuck you, girl at the Holiday Park. Who's number one? Well, it's not, it's not 3,000 either. You're both wrong. What? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This has never happened before. This has never... He's ripping the rule book up, Seb. You can't do this. This is the whole premise of the podcast. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's gone rogue. <laughs> this whole thing falls apart if, if, if you break these rules. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a rule that says he can't do it. We will after this fucking episode. It's Hey Ya by Outcast. Oh, fuck no. off. What? No. That's a, no. a great song. It's a trash song. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, it's not okay. right. It's not a trash song, but it's definitely not the greatest nostalgic banger of all time. Yeah. The thing is, nostalgic banger is so deeply personal because I honestly don't have that much nostalgia over Lose Yourself. And I, I almost have more over 3,000, even though I, I never really oh, liked that song. Oh, you're not going to. You can't. <laughs> but, but, I'm not picking for myself. I'm picking for the people. And what I think the people need, and what I think the people believe, 
is the greatest nostalgia banger of all time. It, I think hands down has just got to be Eminem's Lose Yourself. I can't say I disagree. I do think Lose Yourself, and I think Michael, you have to agree, is one of the greatest. Yeah, I'm a bit sad about coming second again. Um, not gonna lie, that hurts a little bit. You know, Year Three Thousand has let me down again, again, again. Um, but I'll concede defeat to probably one of the greatest songs of all time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I guess that means I mean, we need to wrap things up because according to my counter, I don't know how long the episode is at this point, but we've been talking for an hour and 47 minutes. So we probably need to bring things to a bit of a close. And I guess that makes this the end of the episode. Before we do go, though, um, we, we last week we said um, if anyone emailed or sent anything into the show, we would read it out. Absolutely. The Telemate Challenge is still a thing. The Telemate Challenge. The Telemate Challenge is going. So in case you don't know what the Telemate Challenge is, if you send us a screenshot on Instagram at thegoatspod or thegoatspod at gmail.com, email into there, either's fine. If you send a screenshot of you telling your mate about the Goats podcast, then we'll read out your name and whatever funny thing you said to them in the show, at the end of the show. And this is that. We've got our first one. It's a bit rogue. But beggars can't be choosers. And so I just thought I'd read it out anyway. And it says this. This is from a Mr. Mark Patton. This is also actually going to bring us very full circle based on what you just oh, spoke yes, about. So thanks, Mark, very much, because you've segued us very nicely into our Telemate Challenge shout out. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mr. Patton. Give yourself a pat on the back. So he said, dear goats, I wrote, but you still ain't calling. I left my cell, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom. I sent two letters back in autumn. You must not have got M. There probably was a problem at the post office or something. Sometimes I scribble addresses too sloppy when I jot them. But anyway, fuck it, what's been up? I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even got the John the I even got John the Sandman to subscribe. Winky face, your biggest fan, Marky Mark. And he has left his cell, his pager, and his home phone at the bottom. Thank you, Mark, very much. If you do still have a pager, I will be calling the police because that is a bit creepy. Not gonna lie. But I don't want to discredit <laughs> your email. Yeah, thanks for email. Um and 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 uh, we read it out because you did say you got John the Sandman. I don't know what that means, but you got John the Sandman. Thank you. Um and yeah, anyone else who who um who's done the Telemate challenge, you know. Send us a screenshot. Absolutely, Here we go. yeah. Definitely Telemate. We're loving the support for the show so far. Um, You guys seem to really like it, and we're really happy with how it's going. So please pass it on. Let's try and grow it. Um, Telemate, and we will shout you out as well. And then, yeah, and then tune in next week for episode six, the greatest invention of all yeah, time. You two are going to shoot this one out, aren't you, next week? So. Yeah, yeah. You can listen to me tell you all why that's a flashlight. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> I... Fuck, you got my one. I feel like next week's going to be carnage and I'm very much looking forward to it. Because I don't think it's going to be a typical the computer, the aeroplane. I've got a sneaking suspicion it's going to be something rogue. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So is anyone getting a first to say? Listen to Vinny's EP, link in the description. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you enjoyed this rambling mess. Anything else from anyone? No, just if you like the grab bag, if you like this little selection box, please let us know and uh, we can do another one every five or ten episodes or so. Does that sound like a plan? Fuck yeah. Happy Fuck days. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Catch you next Hell week. Yeah. Cheers, boys. It's over.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.